0: during week 179 of brada's branded thoughts and from the hawkeye of the storm we'll talk about the upcoming basketball season our official preview for men's hoops and also is iowa football derailing we'll talk about it coming up during week 179 of brada's branded thoughts this is from the hawkeye of the storm are you a hawkeye fan living in story county well if you are great if not We've still got you covered. Introducing from the Hawkeye of the Storm, your source for original Iowa content, from the eye of the storm, the Hawkeye of the Storm, Ames, Iowa. That's right. Our Hawkeye platform hosted by StoryCounty.News strives to offer a unique perspective that you won't find anywhere else. Despite living amid the sea of red that is cyclone country, we make it our aim to entertain and inform Hawkeye fans everywhere. From live programming following an Iowa athletic event, to our on-demand podcast, Bradda's Branded Thoughts, which you can access through YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Amazon, and more. Our goal is to always offer cutting-edge, black-and-gold content. In addition, catch our weekly college football picks throughout the season as you get prepped for the weekend ahead. And the great thing about all of our content is it's all free. Join us regularly here at From the Hawkeye of the Storm. And be sure to subscribe to our sister channel, Iowa Football At the voice of college football that's iowa football at the voice of college football on youtube as we have teamed up with mark rogers and former iowa football assistant coach don patterson to bring you live post-game shows after every iowa football game watch chat and even call in to let your voice be heard each and every weekend this fall want to learn how you can further support us visit our video description on each and every youtube video we publish and then, of course, enjoy the content. It's from the Hawkeye of the Storm, hosted by StoryCounty.News, for the best Hawkeye content in the area. Week number 179 of Brad's Branded Thoughts from the Hawkeye of the Storm. And I'll start off by acknowledging something. Usually when I uh, record each week, I am uh, kind of referring to notes throughout my recording session if you will and uh, I'm going into this show today just going to speak my mind not going to look at anything any notes I'm just going to speak on what's on my mind right now and and specifically as it relates to Iowa football and of course we'll get into Iowa basketball and and kind of my thoughts on the season ahead but there's obviously a lot of frustration right now with this football team six and two uh, coming off another putrid performance offensively Uh, The defense played fine. The defense is not the problem right now. I I know the defense struggled for a time against Purdue, specifically against David Bell. But for the most part, this defense has been pretty much rock solid. The difference with these last two games defensively has been Iowa has not been able to force turnovers at the rate they were able to force them earlier in the year. I mean, think about Penn State. Think about Maryland. I think those two games combined, if I'm not mistaken, they forced 11 turnovers in two games. Um, I'd have to look back at the Indiana-Iowa State games, but, but those were close probably to double digits when you add the two turnover numbers together. I know uh, Iowa picked off Pennix several times. They picked off Purdy several times. Also recovered a fumble against Iowa State. So I was finally starting to, I don't want to say hit a wall as far as forcing turnovers, and that was bound to happen. We've talked about how sustainable high volume of turnovers is. I still believe that uh, this is a team that's going to continue to force a high amount of turnover just because they didn't against Wisconsin, against Purdue, doesn't mean anything moving forward. I could see you know, this defense forcing several on Saturday against Northwestern. Certainly that would help Iowa's cause. But what these last two weeks have done is expose an offense that has not been good for years Okay, um, and expose the play calling, which has not been good since Brian's been here as the offensive coordinator. Um, there have been some defenders of Brian this week through social media and other outlets that have basically said, well, look, you know, this is Kirk's offense. He's still running it. You know, Brian, you can't blame Brian for for what's happening here because the numbers were bad before Brian. My my simple response to that is why is Brian the OC if he has no responsibility with, with what's happening here? I mean, he's been the coordinator here for what, five years why is he the offensive coordinator? Like, why, did, besides the fact that he's Kirk's son, and I know that's the main reason why he was hired, right? I mean, the as far as his um, LinkedIn resume, if you will, th- there were no qualifications to be an offensive coordinator in the Big Ten other than his last name. That's a fact. Now, anybody wants to argue that, you can argue that, but that's a fact. But what was the point of hiring Brian if it wasn't to make the defense better? And the simple question when you begin any new job or career is, are you performing at the level that is required? Well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Iowa has been dead last in in the offensive categories throughout the entire year. And if you look back at the rest of his tenure, they've been in the lower quarter of the Big Ten basically every year. He's not performing as the offensive coordinator the way he needs to perform. Now, if he's not giving, if Kirk is not giving Brian's the reins to the offense, which is another theory people have that, well, Brian's got to be given the reins. He wants to do more. What are we basing that off of? We're basing that off of hope and speculation. He's the offensive coordinator. Right now, the offense blows. Okay. The offense is terrible. Okay. Not blaming the players. I'm blaming the coaching staff. It ultimately does fall back on Kirk Ferentz. He is the head coach, but right now the offense is struggling. So Brian's got to be the guy that's being examined, and and he should be okay with that. Like that's what you that's the type of responsibility you take on when you accept the offensive coordinator position at a Big Ten school. Um, now, granted, I acknowledge the fact that the offenses were not typically great under Kirk uh, under Ken O'Keefe. They were not very good under greg davis the difference is i think they're worse now and i will be going back uh, this week i've not had a chance to do it yet but i will be going back this week and looking at iowa's total offense num- as far as rankings i don't want to look at just numbers because obviously college football has changed over the course of 23 years um in points and, and how teams play so i'm going to look at rankings because if you're iowa you've got to if you want a chance at competing for championships every year which iowa does not do you've got to be able to keep with the times, which we know Iowa doesn't do offensively. Uh, And even if you don't keep with the style of play that is typically accepted in college football today, you've got to be able to find a way to put points on the board, get yards up. And uh, Iowa was doing that earlier this year by means of the defense, but that is not good enough. Uh, Clearly, you've got to be able to produce points on the offensive side of things. Um, Iowa has mastered the ability to perfect kicking, Punting, special teams, um, again, creating turnovers, strong secondary. The defensive line is not playing great right now. You know, it's it's not a unit with a ton of athleticism. That's a concern moving forward. I don't know on that line, who, I mean, who's going to emerge as a, as a big-time playmaker off the edge next year. I, I, I have no idea. Um, that would be a concern of mine right now. To me, if I'm Iowa going into the offseason, I'm looking for a, a, a edge rusher in the transfer portal, and and certainly those aren't easy to come by. Um, You don't get an A.J. Epines or Anthony Nelson or Drew Rodd every year, but they have nobody like that right now, and that's tough. I mean, we're starting to see the results of that. Uh, Guys like Mertz, guys like O'Connell, they're able to sit back there in the pocket and basically do whatever they want and have all the time in the world to do it. The stunt moves, the stunt plays that were working earlier in the year against Iowa State, um, even against uh, uh, Maryland at times, those are not – working anymore teams have too much tape now and they're shutting it down but ultimately again it comes back to the offense when you can't get more than one first down in the entire first half when you're getting skunked 20 to 0 at halftime as the number nine team in the country which we all know was a farce um that's a disgrace and i know uh kirk criticized somebody and i don't know if it was somebody in the media or someone that wrote an article in a newspaper earlier this season because this journalist i guess called a player a disgrace i'm not calling a player a disgrace but i'm saying that is disgraceful and if the coaching staff if, if kirk wants to not deny that that's on him because losing to wisconsin 20 to 0 wisconsin team that doesn't have a very good offense uh, itself i mean let's be honest the, the running game was good uh, but graham mertz is probably lower quarter of not only the big 10 probably the big 10 west i mean i could probably name you know four or five other quarterbacks who are better than him not being Petrus but four or five others i mean i'd take Tanner Morgan Adrian Martinez um you know the kid from Northwestern might be a toss up but certainly i'd take O'Connell um you know i, I the, the Illinois quarterback situation is also precarious but i guess what i'm saying is this was not a great Wisconsin offense and Iowa made the Wisconsin offense look pretty darn good and and again you can say well the defense should have done more to force turnovers when you are An offense that can't stay on the field. You are doing your defense such a disservice. Um, This defense was on the field all day long. Iowa's offense and special teams turned it over three times in its own red zone, two of which were offensive turnovers, one of which was Max Cooper muffing a punt. I feel sorry for Max. Hasn't played basically all year. Comes in for Charlie Jones and muffs a punt. I feel bad for the kid. Um, But it's still a turnover. It can't happen. Um, And so that's disappointing. But, uh, you know, again, this offense has not improved. I mean, you look back to week one against Indiana, it was poor. We had a big run from Tyler Goodson that kind of overshadowed things early in that game. And then the, the defense went to work with a couple pick sixes from Riley Moss. They only scored 34 points. So take away the run, take away the two pick sixes, the offense put together 13 points. And again, consistently throughout this season, including that first game, the defense has put the offense in these positions to score. Iowa State, same thing. We have the scoop and score from Jack Campbell. You had uh, a nice pick from Hankins in a return. You had another pick from Hankins. Um, you know, you had a pick from uh, – I think there's another pick in that game, wasn't there? You got the two Hankins picks. I'm, I'm missing somebody. Somebody had a pick in that game, I believe. I could be wrong on that. But the point is the defense is consistently – they've consistently gotten interceptions, fumble recoveries, etc., and forced them at huge times. I mean, think about the Colorado State game. Remember that fumble by, I believe it was Senteo? Um, inside their own red zone and um, I don't even remember did Iowa's offense get a touchdown on that on that play or that following drive I don't remember but man Iowa's defense was bailing the offense out so much early on and I wonder if this defense is sort of ran out of gas I mean it's still playing incredibly hard it's amazing from start to finish during the game on Saturday this defense just does not let up Um, and you're going up against a tough offensive line you're going up against an Allen kid who's 17 years old looks like a poor man's Derrick Henry uh, Malusi was running the ball well, but Iowa's defense just kept uh, giving Iowa a chance to get back in the game, and Iowa just refused to take it. Um, you may have heard during my post-game with Don Patterson over at Iowa, at the Voice of College Football, my issues with play calling. You come out of the first play of the game, you come out with an empty set against Wisconsin on first and ten. I mean, that there's just no explanation for that, um, and Kirk knows better than that. I mean, are we fooling ourselves here to come out empty with nobody in the backfield, a quarterback who can't run? On first and 10 to start the game, I mean, you'd have to think Jim Leonard for Wisconsin, their D.C. was just salivating when he saw that. Um, you know, I, I was not as critical about the fourth and one decision to, to run the fullback because, honestly, what other plays have, have worked in short yardage situations? Though, I mean, I know Iowa's failed on two quarterback sneaks against Purdue. They failed now on two fullback dives against Wisconsin back-to-back. And I get it. They're not very unique calls. They're not uh, creative calls. But I, I, I'm i not an OC. I just don't know what other plays you have confidence in right now in any situation, let alone short yardage situation. But certainly what uh, Don Patterson brought out is, is true. You have a nine-man front you're going up against there. Maybe you do a, a fake toss-out to your full, your, uh, your fake handoff to your fullback, toss-out to Tyler Goodson or Gavin Williams, and there's other things you can do. So I understand fans' frustration with that play uh, and that call. Then you have the fourth down play before Petrus left the game for good on Saturday in the fourth quarter. It's like fourth and long. He throws the ball 20 feet out of bounds. I mean, what, what's the reasoning for that? that? That's on Spencer, but it's also on the coaching staff for not putting him in a better position to succeed. I mean, this, this is, you know, everybody wants to blame the quarterback. I've talked about this in the past many a times, but like obviously QB development's not great here. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the reasoning behind a quarterback ever throwing the ball out of bounds on fourth down like why not just throw the ball down the field and hope you get picked and it'd be the equivalent of a punt that didn't make any sense but again Spencer's under duress every play the offensive line can't block a soul right now they've got Uh, six or seven guys rotating in. you got Jack Plum, who's an upperclassman who's struggling at right tackle. Nick DeYoung, who's a third-year guy struggling at right tackle. Um, You've got Kyler Schott and Cody Ince who've battled injuries, but they're both healthy now. Struggling, I mean, not playing as bad as the tackles are, but uh, those guys are struggling. I give Tyler Linderbaum a ton of credit. Man, that kid just plays his tail off. He will be a first-round draft pick next year. But the offense is a problem, and I think fans... We, we all ignored it earlier in the year because of the record, because this defense continued to put the offense in positions to succeed. And we assumed well, at some point the offense will catch up. I don't know why we assume that the offense hasn't caught up one time under Brian Ferentz. Uh, you have little tiny stretches like against Ohio state in 2017, like against USC in the holiday bowl in 2019, where the offense looks good, but it is not, it, it is never, um, you, you, they can never sustain any level of, uh, offensive aptitude, So, you know, I'm not going to talk about position changes, staff changes right now, because I don't think, I just don't personally believe, and I know other coaching staffs will do this, other fan bases want it, some fans here in the Iowa fan base, I know want Brian Ferentz canned. First of all, that's not going to happen, that's the first thing. Second thing is, I don't think it should happen right now, I think if you're going to make decisions like that, they need to come after the the season, and by that I mean after a bowl prep. Um, I I just don't believe in making a change right now unless there's something egregious, which you could argue the offense is egregiously bad, but I just don't think that's the right decision. And again, Kirk's not going to do that. I don't think Kirk's not going to fire his son regardless. I will be shocked if Brian Ferentz is not the offensive coordinator until Kirk retires. I'll be shocked. Um, So there is that. Now, as far as what Iowa can do, what can Iowa do to mend its issues it's having? Again, we're talking play calling, we're talking offensive line production, we're talking quarterback play. Certainly people have criticized Spencer. Again, I've talked about some of my flaw some of my issues with the coaching staff over the years, not getting quarterbacks in a better position to succeed. Um, simple things like not teaching your quarterback how to slide properly, how to st- step up in the pocket. Certainly you can't always teach mobility. So there's one, there's one area I would start. Um, to me, if I'm Kirk, I would seriously look at at least playing Alex Padilla for a series or two. It's got nothing to do with with benching Spencer. And Spencer, you need to have that conversation with Spencer uh, and say, look, you know, this isn't your fault. We're struggling up front right now, and that's not your fault. But we believe Alex can bring something to help the situation, to remedy the situation. Maybe not even to remedy, but just to mend fences a bit. I mean, you're, you're talking about... An offense is not going to be great, but can you be decent enough to where you can beat Northwestern, Illinois, Minnesota, Nebraska? Man, you should be able to figure out a way to get there. Well, as good as this defense is, you should be able to figure out a way to get there. And if you can get there, you've got a chance at winning the West. We've talked about that. They've still got an opportunity to win this this division and win the conference. You win out. Wisconsin loses another game. Iowa's going to go, be the West representative. Now, I know Purdue's got the tiebreaker, but they will lose again. Purdue's going to lose again if wisconsin were to lose again which i'm not sure is going to happen but say they lose to minnesota the last week and iowa wins out iowa will be the representatives the season's not lost yet but if i'm kirk ference and i know he said during his press conference tuesday that he hasn't even really thought about inserting alex padilla that's i hope that's just coach speak because you've got to at least put that on the table like look the offensive line isn't protecting spencer Alex, he showed, I mean, he showed during that last drive or second to last drive, whatever it was against Wisconsin, that he does have the ability to move his feet and that might be enough to get him some time. I would consider that right now. I'm not benching Spencer. I'm not benching Spencer. Okay. I'm not, I don't, I want to make that clear, but I would consider at least getting Alex in there if he's the second string quarterback, which clearly he, he is, it's not Deuce Hogan. So we're not inserting Deuce that, that narrative can, can die. Okay. Deuce is not playing I mean, there's no reason to play deuce right now when Alex is the second-string guy and he's mobile. But that's got to be done, in my opinion. The offensive line, obviously, you can... You can you know, Iowa really hasn't taken advantage of tight ends as much as I'd like in, in the blocking game. I know Lachey's been banged up a bit. Um, they get Sam Laporta involved with the, the pass game a lot. But you're going to have to start chipping more. You're going to have to figure out a way to get, you know, maybe a Gavin Williams, now that Ivory Kelly Martin, we heard, is, is out for this coming game. Maybe he plays more and... Can develop, he's a bigger body, can be a better pass blocker and, and help out Spencer, give him some time and help out that offensive line. Maybe that's a solution. Certainly, bomb being in there more. Uh, like if, if you'd come out the first play of the game against Wisconsin with Pot-a-bomb, um in, in the shotgun, I'd have been fine with that because at least, at least bomb gives you uh the appearance that, hey, maybe we will run because he's shown to be a capable runner, but he's also a good blocker, pass blocker, run blocker. So I would have been okay with that. There are things you can do. Again, I'm no coach. I'm no offensive coordinator. But to me, these are things that I would hope Kirk Ferentz is talking about this week. And and Kirk also made the comment yesterday that he's not been spending any more time with the offensive line than he normally would. I hope that's not true. Um, George Barnett's a first-year guy. I don't think that means you're if, – if you if you're Kirk and you spend more time than normal with the offensive line unit, I don't think that means you're micromanaging George. You're simply offering Coach Barnett some help because he's – He's got his hands full right now. Um, you know, he's working with these guys every day, and, and we're not seeing a ton of improvement. That's just a fact. So I'd hope that Kirk is working with those guys more than normal. I will assume, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that, that was just coach speak, that he is working with that offensive line. But uh, again, these are games coming up that Iowa can win without a great offense, but they've got to be able to protect Spencer to some degree. You know, we haven't talked about Tyrone Tracy's brother going on social media and attacking the coaches. That's another distraction. You know, that doesn't help the situation. Um, Tyrone Tracy has dropped a lot of balls this year. So his, his his struggles are on him. Okay. And Keegan Johnson, Arlen Bruce, those guys have earned those reps. Clearly, they've made more out of their targets than Tyrone has, as has Sam LaPorta. So that is a factor as well. So Iowa Northwestern this coming Saturday, if you want to hear my picks for the game, certainly tune into From the Hawkeye of the Storm on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, tune in on a Friday night where I make my weekly picks. It'll be my week uh, week ten. Where are week ten? Week ten picks for college football. Not only Iowa, Northwestern, but of course games across the college football landscape. Not going to preview it any more than that because look, this is not a good Northwestern team. I know it's Patty Fitz. I know he the guy knows how to to beat Iowa, but uh, this is a game Iowa should win by thirty. They should, and I'm not going to be happy unless they win by thirty. They win by five, or win by ten, or fifteen. They got to win by thirty. This is not a good Northwestern team. This is a team that's getting blown out consistently by good to upper echelon teams. Iowa's got to take care of business on the road and get back on track uh, with a win. Moving ahead to college basketball, can you believe we're here in November now? Iowa basketball is back. I know um, Iowa's got an exhibition this coming Friday against Slippery Rock, which will be on BTN Plus. Um, a lot to unravel, a lot to unpack, and certainly we'll do that as we go through the early goings of the season. But I kind of wanted to take this opportunity to preview what we should expect from this team. Certainly, you know, there've been speculations that Iowa may be an NIT team or worse. I still think this is a team that can make the tournament. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, and it really comes back down to what Iowa didn't have last year or the year before or the year before, despite some of the shooting woes that we may end up seeing, and I could, I could easily see Iowa having issues shooting the, the basketball from outside this year. This team is more athletic and defensive-minded than I, I can remember an Iowa team being. Um, certainly, the Woodbury, Gasell, Clemens years; those were actually good defensive teams. But here, here's how I'd sum up Iowa basketball, and, I, and I've dogged on Iowa's defense for years because it has never really been great. Although it was again better with Utah, Gasell, Woodbury, Utah, those guys um the reason why i would be more confident in this squad you've got a guy like joe tucson who's a defensive dog keegan murray's extremely athletic chris murray i'm assuming is just as athletic as his brother or close um you know i know that riley mulvey's gonna probably play this year the the 17 year old maybe he's 18 now but of course he reclassified to be a freshman this year in college he was defensive minded in high school Josh Gundelay, I don't know. I mean, we, we don't know about his defensive skills, but he is a bigger body, so he should be able to, to bang inside with guys like Kofi Coburn um, in the Big Ten. Um, and then you just got on the list. Tony Perkins, he's more of a defensive guy. Um, Aaron Ulyss is athletic enough. They've got more athleticism this year. Certainly Jordan Bohannon, Connor McCaffrey, those guys aren't the best defenders, aren't the most athletic. So you hope that if you're talking about best case scenario with this team, Connor McCaffrey, Jordan Bohannon, you know Joe Toussaint, those guys can kind of be the leaders of this team and provide the leadership necessary um, on and off the court. Um, and then you've got guys like Philip Rebarcha, who's also a, an older guy. Hopefully, can be a. I think he's Philip Rebarcha. I, I see as more of a versatile guy who's going to be able to defend at a good level, score at a good level, make threes, uh, get rebounds, while also being a, a leader. But I, I don't see him as just some breakout star. I don't see him being an all-big-ten guy. But I do think he can kind of provide what Iowa needs as far as a mix of everything on both ends of the court. Um, and then you have those guys who can really be lockdown defenders. We mentioned Toussaint, Perkins, uh, Keegan Murray. But again, somebody's got to be able to develop a three-point shot. So you hope that Chris Murray has improved from three. Patrick McCaffrey's more of a scorer. Can he improve from three? And then the two guards, Ulysses and Perkins, you know, I, I, th- those are huge question marks from three because we really didn't see anything from three-point line from either of those guys last year. The probably biggest dark ho- dark horse here to make a major impact for this team, and I'm not saying he's the difference maker, but he very well could be, and that is Peyton Sanford. Um, you know, 6'7", 6'8", Attawaki, you know, he talked about during some recent media availability that he struggled, especially early on, after he got to Iowa specifically, um, with defense that's no surprise you know uh, he there's a learning curve there and, and he mentioned being able to st- stay in front of people certainly that's a concern but his ability to shoot the three could be huge i mean think back to what cj frederick did when he uh, there was of course his redshirt freshman year so a little bit different he had the extra year to prepare and certainly he dealt with injuries his true freshman year but if sanford can come in here and shoot threes consistently early and that's we don't know if that'll happen but if he can do that that will be huge um they need three point shooting right now. There's no question about it. So Sanford certainly would be my second guy behind Jordan Bohannon as far as guys who can you'd hope can be consistent from three. Um, you know this is a deep team already. Fran wants to play 12 or 13 guys. It sounds like that sometimes has come back to bite Fran in my opinion. But with this young team, I think that might be the best case scenario. Anyways, um, you know does a Carter Kings, Kingsbury or, or uh, Austin Ash get some time here and there? maybe. I mean if the guys can shoot threes and be adequate on defense, which is a huge question mark, maybe they can get some time. Um because again, Iowa needs that shooting ability. Uh, honestly, at this point, um if you're Iowa, you're hoping that you're hoping that a guy like Ogundele, that a guy like Chris Murray can emerge because they need I mean, I don't know who is I don't even know who the primary scorer on this team is. I mean, is it, is it Keegan Murray? Everybody's assuming it's Keegan Murray. Maybe it is um i i i hope it is i mean that would be great i i just i need to see it first keegan was obviously great last year but he was also playing like what third or fourth fiddle on a team that featured guys like garza wieskamp and frederick so you know i hope that keegan is ready for that this that assignment jordan bohannon certainly was up and down last year offensively um but boy it'd be great if you could get you know Nine, ten points from a Ribracha, and, you know, 6, 7 points a game from an Ogundele, And, I mean, it's going to have to be spread out this year. The good news about the schedule, and I know fans don't like it, but the schedule is not murderer's row to start out with. You play the likes of Missouri, Kansas City, and Longwood, and we mentioned Slippery Rock in the exhibition. There's going to be plenty of time for Iowa to get its feet under them. Now, it would be nice if Iowa could have had a decent game mixed into those, what, 6 games to start out with that are against... Like lower tier opponents because then they have to go to Virginia. So it'd almost be nice if you could play a, you know, even like a, you know, Texas A and M. And maybe that's I don't know if Texas A and M is good this year. Supposed to be good this year, but you know, just play somebody, play a Power Five school at home. I know that's tough to do at times, scheduling wise. But I mean, certainly Iowa could have made it happen. Play one Power Five opponent in between some of these other games and play them in Carver before you go on the road. At Virginia. So hopefully Iowa gets out of that stretch undefeated. I mean, if they aren't undefeated heading into that Virginia game, well, I mean, again, expectations aren't high anyways, but uh certainly that will be concerning. No tournament game during the fall. We normally see a a trip to Cancun or Alaska or wherever. No tournament game this year, or no tournament this year, I should say. Um, and again, slippery rock this Friday, Longwood the coming Monday slippery rock will be on btn plus you need a subscription to watch that longwood will be on btn but again my predictions for this coming season i would have to say keegan murray is going to be the, the leading scorer i'd have to go philip rubroch as the leading rebounder certainly if Mulvey can develop more offensively he's going to continue to see more time and just physically um, he's more of a true five so he can be a, a more dominant rebounder joshua Gundele's conditioning is going to be huge how far has he come in that regard uh, as far as the defensive standout player i'd have to go turn to tony perkins because you know although joe Toussaint is a good defender he is undersized tony perkins i think can defend two or even three positions if ne- necessary um, and we'll see the floor more because of cj frederick transferring on um, and then again dark horse is definitely peyton sanford if he can be okay on defense sounds like the kid's a hard worker if he can be decent on defense, and I know I've said this before about other Iowa players, that he can have a huge role in Iowa's success this season. As far as my predictions, for, I'm not going to make a record prediction. I do think Iowa's a tournament team. I could see them being, getting in as a, like a 10 or 11 seed. Um, you know, could see them missing out on on the tournament and going to the NIT. You know, I, maybe that ends up happening. I sure hope not. Because I think there's a lot of, uh, of experience, certainly Jordan Bohannon. You know, I've never been the hu- the biggest Jordan Bohannon fan in the world. Um, appreciate what he's given to Iowa. But certainly don't want to see him end his career not making the tournament. Uh, I'm sure he came back, you know, partly to be able to, to mend what was lost last year against Oregon in the tournament. And hopefully Iowa has an opportunity to do this. You, you know, the good thing about this, this season, if you look at it um, from a broader standpoint... Fans are disappointed about where this football season has turned, although it's not over. Again, they still got a chance to win the West. But this basketball season has an opportunity to be a bit of a distraction. Um, and let's be honest; I mean, if you're Iowa, um, nobody's really counting on you to do anything. I mean, again, I think the media picked Iowa like tenth in the Big Ten. Um, you know, I, this is an opportunity with there, there's no there's no pressure on the, the shoulders of these kids. Go out there, prove the world wrong, and it's totally the opposite of what we saw last year. There was so much pressure on Iowa's team last year. This year, you get crowds back at Kinnick, or excuse me, at Carver, which is great, so it's an opportunity for Iowa to prove a lot of people wrong, and I do want to throw this in here as well. In case you haven't been listening, we've been talking about this over at Iowa at the Voice of College Football for a while, but we've been talking about adding an Iowa basketball postgame show to our channel right here. From the Hawkeye of the Storm on YouTube. That is happening. Okay, that is a go. We will have live Iowa basketball, Iowa men's basketball post game shows right here from the Hawkeye of the Storm on YouTube. So, as I always say, if you have not subscribed, what are you waiting for? Subscribe now. Of course, it's free on YouTube to subscribe. Turn notifications on. And then after the Iowa basketball games, get ready to sound off with us, talk about the game you can ask questions comments chats and we'll be making an announcement in the coming hours days um, waiting on the green light to make this announcement but we'll be making announcement about a special analyst that we'll have throughout the season of course throughout the football season we've had coach Don Patterson over at the other channel over at Iowa at the voice of college football Don has been terrific we are so happy to be able to uh, be working with him with football but again we'll be making a special announcement as it relates to basketball here soon. So Iowa, Slippery Rock, what is it, 701? 701, Friday night, BTN Plus, and then Longwood. Longwood, and I believe it's actually Tuesday, right? Tuesday night? I think I got that right. Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Not I think I said Monday earlier. Coming Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Longwood, that one will be on BTN. Thank you for listening to week 179 of... Bradda's branded thoughts and from the Hawkeye of the storm. Again, if you haven't already subscribed to our channel here, please do so. Subscribe over to Iowa football at the voice of college football for our continued breakdown of Iowa football. And again, stay tuned for a special announcement about our analysts coming for all Iowa basketball postgame shows this coming winter. Thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. Go Hawks.